Part 4. Um, when I went in in 93 to become the PAO for the Soul Word, um, I, uh, at that time, uh, Mr. Charles Chong, Oriental Press, was printing it, and uh, I got him to give an extra copy, hardbound, and I put it in the Yongsan Library. So from 94 on, you'll see the uh, Soul Word newspapers mm -hmm. in there up through 2002. And then when Morning Calm came on board, that was the end of 2002, like November, uh, I also made arrangements to put extra copies in the Youngstown Library. Now, hopefully, the Youngstown Library is going to take all of that down to Humphreys, and it'll be, yeah. you know, retained. But there's no guarantee. Once you give something to another entity, uh, you don't know. Youngstown mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> PAO still has hard copy of those as well. But again, you know, they, they, they come to a certain point in storage and, and say, you know, we don't need to keep all this stuff. So hopefully they would put them in the, in the library down at Humphreys. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. Um, and, and, you know, remember Microfish? When oh, you sure, go to the yeah. library, you, you could get it's stuff, get money everything. everything. Yeah. But they don't have Microfish anymore because you've got the Internet. And so if they've digitized stuff, that's okay. But uh, Microfish seemed to be a, a, another world. You know, you'd go through the library, you'd get you the machine. You had the machine. Yeah, you know, and it was just you and whatever was coming yeah. out, and, and you felt like you were you were the only one seeing this. I, I seem to remember even the base library had a microphone. They did, yeah. they did. But uh, no longer. Everything is uh, Internet. Well, I remember when the library used to be over by where the tank was, by Night yes. Seal. Sonny Murphy was the Sonny librarian. Murphy, yeah. And you know that map that I posted, mm -hmm. 1964, that yeah. sketch map, mm -hmm. that was given to me by Sonny. Yeah. Yeah, Sonny, Sonny Murphy and uh, your dad and Matelli and his wife. Oh, she did some of the uh, cartoon net, uh, artwork mm -hmm. for the uh, Korean Patterns book that Dr. Paul Crane published. Yeah, Sandra Matelli. Yeah. Sandra Matelli. And she also did some... Oh, I was going to bring it and show it to you. Remember, uh, oh, uh, uh, his wife was a librarian, uh, chief librarian, but her office was at Camp Market. And he was a, a market at a Bupyong, right? Right, yeah. and he was he was a freelance writer, and he he and he wrote uh, uh, what was it? Notes on a ragged napkin. Oh, I've heard that. Remember? Yeah. 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 Alf Ricketts, I think that was his nickname. And yeah, uh, he run. He was in the Korea Times. I right, right, right. Yeah, I remember well, that. I his remember book. That he wrote. Name, he yeah. wrote a book, and and Sandra Mattelli's. Uh, um, uh, artwork is in those in those books. Well, Sandra Matilli and a uh, lady named Joan Rutt did a, a oh, yeah, right. cookbook, right. which is like coil bound hard copy. Yeah. And I, I have an autographed copy that they both signed. Well, the Matellis were very very involved with the Royal Asiatic Society. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of connections there, Underwood and, and all the families. All the Underwood. <coughs> they had um, the South South Fort. Um, we used to camp at the Underwoods place. Oh, is that right? Because of the Boy Scouts, that was a few, one of the few places that actually had... Um, at Yonsei? That wood that we could burn down, yeah. Oh. Oh, you're, are you oh. talking about the beach? No, it wasn't Techon Beach. Oh, um, but you've but, been to Techon Beach. Oh, uh, we used to have our Boy Scout summer camp there, Camp Sea Range. I, I used to have a cabin there. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, we stayed in those big GP tents, big general purpose tents is what right. we did. We ate in the mess hall for that. And... Um, and uh, I remember the entire base was sand, you know, to walk around there. But for uh, yeah, the week, we would have our summer camp. 
the uh, the Techon City had extended their property line, mm -hmm. and it took over all of the uh, beachfront property back, and so I had to give up the cabin that I had and move to a cabin on the backside, which was behind the the church and the, and the cafeteria. Yeah, I remember our family going down there with the Tilly sometimes in the summertime when I was very young. Yeah. yeah. The Underwoods had like five different cabins there. And Art Kinsler, did you know Art Kinsler? The name sounds familiar. Well, you, you remember, <clears throat> you'd go uh, through Itaewon, and at the uh, fire station, you make a left-hand turn to go up. Up toward the, where the Hyatt is now. The Hillside House? Oh, yeah, the Hillside, sure. That was Art Kinsler. Art Kinsler had the Hillside House. Yeah. Of course, that's gone, been gone for many years. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of a serviceman's home uh, kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of things that, that uh, we, we know... Uh, remember or are gone I mean, <clears throat> and of course Itaewon is my son Joe went there last night and they were open 24 hours I was there last night too <laughs> is that right you probably probably ran past each other <laughs> well it's street by the Hamilton Hotel used to be nothing but houses but you go there now and it's restaurants you know and yes clubs and it's been labeled one of the most happening streets in Asia you know? well you know I mean the international uh, tourism market is there, mm -hmm. and you've got a, a Bulgarian restaurant. Zelen, yeah. I actually know the owner, Mikhail Ashmanov, is his name. Okay. He's actually a big personality on Korean TV now. Well, and then there was a, a French restaurant down this way and to the left. Yeah, a, a lot of different uh, foreign ownerships. I guess maybe married to a Korean national, I don't know. Yeah, because they have to own the business. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, a lot. Oh, now there was uh, uh, <clears throat> various performing groups. Uh, the Grand Old Opry, were you into the country western scene at all? Well, I was there last night, as a matter of fact. Well, and there I'm was talking there, about no, the club, Mr. Cho, another the group, Mr. Cho, was I think was his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, right. And I ran into him at a Young Song Carnival about two summers ago. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he was there, and I recognized him, and it was great as he actually had some video on his phone of his acts from back then. Yeah. And because the club, I believe, was named after them. Well, I don't know, but the thing is, is that I tried to get Mr. Cho on our podcast, but, you know, his wife passed away about three years ago, mm. and so he's not not performing anymore. Uh, Jackie Park, the short little oh, sure. guy, yeah. Jackie, yeah, I Jackie see Jackie. Was, Jackie was there with them, yeah. Yeah, well, I see so. Jackie uh, maybe two times a week. And I remember he had another guy had a really kind of a funny Western nickname. It was like, like Slim Kim or something like that. It was... Smiley? The vi violinist who never smiled? Yeah, oh, smiley yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, smiley. Yeah. He'd never smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they had another guy. Uh, uh, I call him uh, numbskull rather than what they really call him. You don't want to use that term. <laughs> you know, getting to go on base, kind of, I walk around and just bring back so many memories, you know. Um, like right now, um, of course, the old, our old high school was the, was the ACS, I think it's the ACS building. ACS building now. But we walked on the back lawn, and you got that lawn with the the hill that goes up to the Embassy right. Club. Right, You know, and we used, that, was our, that was our hangout. Well, there, there was a kind of little kind of stairs. stairway well, there. I was there before they put the stairs in. Sure. And to come down that hill when it was raining was... A slide for your life. I'll describe it that way. But but, but seeing that back long reminded me of uh, spring of '74 when a uh, streaking started. Oh, okay. You know? and uh, there were there were two guys, um, Greg Hebert, John Ogle. That there were the first streakers there, and everybody knew about it. And this is when we had two lunch periods. So 
the half the school is out waiting for them to come, and the rest of the kids that were in class, if you were on the south side of the main building, you had windows looking right out onto it. Right. And uh, sure enough, they both had masks on, but we all knew who they were. And I have a picture of the run. Oh, you have and a picture. I have a picture of the run. Actually, it's I posted it on Facebook. It's it's there, and uh, we all, and they ran clear from the east end of the lawn, clear to the west end, past those teachers' buildings we were talking about, where there are people waiting with their clothes. Yeah. And uh, as they happened to run by, um, even if they had masks on, everybody knew who they were. It, it didn't matter. And one of them happened to have a. Uh, a girlfriend that was one of the classes, and as they ran by, the the teacher, I can't remember the teacher, but I remember she was female, happened to comment that, uh, you know, well, at least you know it's all there, is what she said, you know, and that gives you an idea of how how, how great our teachers were, you know, they were, they were, they were wonderful, and as it turned out, um, there were several other streaks af- after that, um, of course, up and down the hallway, oh my gosh, that reminds me of a story, my very last day of high school, senior year, my motorcycle, right? Hmm. I figured, what the heck? <laughs> I rode my motorcycle up the steps into the high school. I rode it all the way from one end of the hallway where the library was at that time, clear down to the home ec room, <laughs> and then back while class is going on. <laughs> boom, boom. I did that, and then uh, as I'm leaving, I'm going out and I headed out. I, I came in the north door and I was heading out the south door. I'm heading out, and who's standing there holding the door open for me? But Mr. Acker, our school psychiatrist, he's like, Hi, George, how are you doing? And he held the door open for me. He's like, <laughs> Zoomed out the door that way. And nobody ever said a word about it to me. It was just like, It's George. You know, they just kind of, I don't know, just let me go and do that. You know, the, uh, when the school moved over to the current building in 82, uh, they made this ACS, and then they had the um, uh, housing office. And in the back, they made that back portion. I don't know what you guys used it for, but they made the back extension room there uh, on, the, on, the, on the south side. They made that the uh, the Jewish chapel. Oh. Yeah, and so that was the Jewish chapel. So that was, was separate uh, from where, you know, South Post Chapel That was, was uh, Mr. Rogers Biology Greenhouse. Okay. You know, at that time. All right. That's uh, that's that's what that was being used for. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was. Uh, well, Larry Rosenberg, still living in Korea, actually he's got a, a business that he uh, <coughs> delivers uh, some, uh, I guess, milk products and other products to the uh, uh, commissaries and, and, and oh no, the uh, the uh, dining facilities. He has a contract to supply the foodstuffs for the dining facilities, all the military installations. He's down there near Pyeongtaek. But uh, he was real active in the Jewish chapel over there. So when when the place burned down and they had a fire... Yeah, I have a, I have a picture of about a month before it burned down. Yeah. Um, so they had to move the relocate the Jewish chapel over to South Post Chapel and work it into the curriculum over there. But, uh, yeah, you know, over the years... Since I've been here, I mean, there were a number of fires. We, we talked about the the, the PX, PX inventory fire, fire yeah. mm-hmm. two years in a row, and and uh, the, the the original uh, main post chapel burnt down, and of course they built the chapel across the you know, little the creek there. Um, uh, we talked about being in Boy Scouts. I made Eagle Scout here, hmm. 
And then from Eagle Scout Project, I built a bookcase for Main Post Chapel. Oh. And I don't know if it's still in use or not, but I remember I built it at the craft shop with the help of, you know, the wood shop instructor at that time. And it was set up kind of in a, if you look at it from one end, it was almost like an A-frame kind of set up with books along both sides at an angle. Oh, you know, so well, that'd be something to go in and, and see I, if it's still there. I have no idea, but I just... Joseph, uh, what's his Joe's uh, last name? Uh, Pagano. Joe Pagano, who's the, the, the Catholic, uh, what do you call it, services uh, administrator mm -hmm. for the church on Main Post. Uh, he would know, and he just returned to Korea. He's living, I guess, mm. somewhere on Yoido. Yeah. So I need to get Joe on our podcast and have him tell his stories because uh, he's a retired military guy, and then as a civilian took on this chaplaincy uh, uh, assistant position there at the main post chapel. Yeah, I, I tried to touch base with the folks that uh, are returning. A lot of them, if they're still active, are, are being assigned down to Pyeongtaek. Yeah, of course. So hopefully our, our Youngsan broad podcast will, will reach down to Pyeongtaek and bring them up to the Youngsan for... For a settee. <laughs> well, you know, gosh, you know, it's there's so many good memories of Yongsan. I've told you I've gone on base a few times, and as I walk around, um, I still remember all, like, the little back roads, and I, I remember, like, where people lived, you know. And one thing I've gotten requests for quite a few times, and I actually helped me one time, was, like, I lived in building number so-and-so. Mm -hmm. You know, can you take a picture of it for me? Yeah. You know, and there's even, uh, about five years ago, a very good friend of mine, uh, Carol Sewell, um, she was class of 74, I believe, 73, 74, was here visiting with her son. And Tony helped us get on base, and we located her house. Uh -huh. And we're standing, and it was right by Collier Field House, mm -hmm. kind of on the very, uh, it would be the northeast, uh, yeah, northeast corner, no, northwest corner off Collier. And as we're standing there, the current resident happened to drive up. And we explained that, oh, this is where Carol grew up. And... She allowed her to walk in the house, and so Carol got to see her old bedroom and everything. Oh, cool. It was cool. Just, just so wonderful, you know. And not many people have the opportunity to come back, and very few have the opportunity, like me, to return on a regular basis and mm. see not only the changes on Yongsan, but the changes in Korea. And well, so, there was, there was a, uh, I guess she's a well-known uh, news reporter. Oh, yeah, I saw was, You saw that? Yeah. And she came back and, and got, got to see, see her, her house. house. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things, even though you might have just been here one year or two, right. the experience you had in Korea at that time, is it, it, it's in, indelible. It's like, you know... It, it's yeah, it's very significant. Yeah. Very different from what people have been used to. Mm -hmm. And they come over here, and of course there's a lot of rules and regulations and, and all this kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, th this... Uh, actually, when I was giving my lecture for the first lecture we did for the Yongsan Legacy at the the USO on the second floor at Camp Kim. Um, I mentioned in my presentation that a Katusa changed my opinion about my stay in Korea. Because when I came over here, I was here for a month and a half and I didn't go off post. Yeah. I, I didn't do nothing. I said, this, that, that I, I want to go home. Either, you know, I want to go home. Very, very I miss home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had nothing of interest in Korea. And uh, this Katusa was on guard duty with me one night and we were on that you know, diesel stove getting warm. Yeah. And he says to me, uh, uh, what's your name? Perfect English. This is a short sentence, but sure, it's yeah. perfect. Oh, my name is John. He said, me too. 
your name is John? He said, well, no, it's Johan, but in the Bible, it's John. Mm -hmm. And so this An Johan uh, befriended me and, and uh, encouraged me to go downtown, and he would escort me. So the yeah. next Saturday, we, we went downtown, and we watched a movie. I, I thought it was John Wayne in a Western or something. And then, and then we went and had pulgogi and rice and stuff. And, that, and that, that experience outside, just 180 degrees. Yeah. It just changed my whole outlook. You know, a lot, of being the, Korea. a lot of those students in uh, high school never went out. Mm -hmm. You know, they're here for one year just like you. They At the beginning, they didn't want to be here. I talked to a few that said when their dad came home and said, we're going to Korea, they were like, where? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, like they could not, you know, find it on the map. And there's some that really took to it, but there were some that they couldn't, they were counting the days down, you know, until yeah. they left, which is unfortunate. Well, you know, and I think the mindset for people in America was that the Korean War, it was referred to as a police action. Yeah. So it wasn't World War II. The folks didn't come back as heroes. We didn't unify the peninsula. Uh, they lost their buddy, they lost an arm, a leg, whatever. And so they didn't want to talk about it. It wasn't something they were proud of. And so they didn't tell their, their relatives anything about Korea. And uh, as a result, nobody knows about Korea except for MASH the TV program that yeah. went on for tw 11 years mm -hmm. and then continued in reruns. And people just had this image of Korea as being a backward nation where people couldn't understand English and they were poor. And the only thing they heard from Korea was orphans. Orphans and slicky boys. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so that was the image of Korea. And I thought, okay, the 88 Olympics, it's going to bang the door. It's going to open it wide. Everybody's going to know about Korea. It didn't happen. I said, wait a minute, here were the Olympics. NBC was talking about it. It didn't take until 2002. The World Cup. Japan, Korea World Cup. Yeah. Then it opened. Why? Because everybody knew about Japan. We fought them. But this Korea, what's this Korea? So the curiosity now, what's this Korea? And then K-pop started. K-drama started. And then it just... Multiplied after that. Psy yeah. breaks the YouTube record. Mm -hmm. Busted it. All you, the Korean way. Yeah. <laughs> and so, all of a sudden, now kimchi's popular. Well, I really thank you for your time with us today on our podcast. And uh, I would uh, ask our uh, listeners to uh, log on to youngsanlegacy.org. That's Y-O-N-G-S-A-N-L-E-G-A-C-Y dot O-R-G. And with that, I would say thank you again. We hope that uh, we have many more chances to meet. A special thanks to Paul Raphael Shagner, Alessandro Bugana, George Breen, Amy Seal, Chul Moon, Russell Kim, Jeffrey Close, Charles J. Wilder, and 37 others who made this podcast project possible.